Good afternoon, church. <laughs> Please take your seats. Now, I love the 11.30 service. I've done the 9.30 service, and I have to tell you, they were quiet, okay? They really were quiet. And it was quite off-putting, actually, in some ways, because they were so quiet. Now, the 11.30, you're just the naughty lot, aren't you? That's, please tell me you're the naughty lot. I love. So I want to hear you amening, and if you agree with it, if you don't... I don't know what you should do. Tell me later. But I just want to have some fun with you. It's hot, isn't it? I'm going to get you out, I promise, by one o'clock, because you want to go and probably have a shower, because it is so hot, isn't it? But I have the great privilege today to talk on legacy and the legacy of serving. And we've had just such amazing preaches from Pastor Julian. He framed it all the first week, and then the second week, he just came in and just spoke to us about the legacy of giving. And I've already got lots and lots of thoughts about legacy, and I just want to share them with you to begin with. I think in reality, legacy, we all leave a legacy. Every life leaves a legacy. We just need to really nail that one. We are going to leave a legacy. And I want to ask you, what legacy do you want to leave? Do you want to leave a good one? Yeah, we want to leave a good one because there are bad legacies. I've done enough counselling sessions with people to know that people have come in because there's been a bad legacy. We want our legacies to be good. So I want to ask you, what type of legacy are you leaving? And what type of legacy are you building on? What has gone on before you that you're actually thinking, do you know what, I'm building on something that somebody has done before me. This is the part of legacy. We're giving a legacy, but we're standing on the shoulders of other people who have gone before us. And their legacy is making us that person who we are today. What if God's plan is for you to break a bad legacy? Maybe some of you in your families, there's maybe been debt, addiction, abuse, marriage breakdowns, kids going off the rails, and maybe that's the legacy that everyone speaks about and speaks over your family. But perhaps today, perhaps today you're going to make a decision that this is going to be a new course for a future generation in your family or maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, you've just heard me say that, and you're smiling to yourself and going, do you know what? I'm sitting here because of my mum and dad. I'm sitting here because of my grandparents. I'm sitting here because of a teacher or what, whoever it is. I'm sitting here because they changed me. They changed my family. And I'm sitting here in their legacy. I'm free. I have a new mindset, a hope, and a spirit full of possibility. There is always a legacy, and we've got that responsibility. I've asked the media if they could just pop a picture up right now, and it's a picture of, it's a holiday picture, and it's quite a long time ago, you'll recognise that. I'm a lot thinner in there, for one. Uh, my older son, uh, he's now got hair down to here. And my younger son has decided to come back from uni because the girls thought it was a really good idea to bleach. We have his hair bleached blonde. So a very different family picture it will be now from there. So it's about five years ago. But I just loved Milan. I loved the Duomo. We went up on the roof. It was just beautiful. 
And I'm not great on going to National Trust houses. I'm not one of those people, but this was beautiful. You could just feel the legacies. You walked in, the legacy of prayer, that people had prayed walking into that church. But you know, it took six centuries to build that church. Six centuries. It started in 1386, and they even had to build a new canal all the way through Milan to get all the building materials through. Then it was actually finished. Napoleon really wanted it to be finished in the 19th century. But I heard and I thought about that there was a time, probably about a century, so not just a few years, that all the buildings stopped. And it just made me think of those people in Milan, because that is huge. Probably that photo doesn't do it justice. So you could see the Duomo from every point of Milan and probably further out. That every time they opened their windows, they could see a half-built cathedral. That's a half-built legacy. That's something they had to go through a whole century. And maybe they say, well, do you know your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-granddad had built there, but nothing's happening now. It stopped. And I want to say to you today that just as you listen, just as you, you hear me speaking about the legacy of serving, I'm really, really praying, and I pray for the 930 people as well, that you will just feel a stirring in your spirit. Things that maybe you thought you'd put down, maybe things that you've forgot, forgotten about, maybe things that you'd stop building. You're going to think, yeah, there's a half-built legacy in my life. I need to return I need to get back. I need to get back to doing some things because this is my legacy. This is my God-given legacy for the future generation. And uh, I'm going to just ask you if I can just pray now as I start talking about serving. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you the real privilege of standing on this platform, being able to communicate your word. Father, I prayed it in the first service. I pray it now that no nonsense will come out of my mouth. It will just be the words from you, those really clear words from you. I pray that my communication will just be a vessel from you. Holy Spirit, I pray for every single person sitting here that you will just speak to them. I pray that you will just touch their hearts, open their eyes. I pray if there are unfinished legacies going on in this room, Holy Spirit, you will touch people. You will fire into flame those things that you have for people. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So legacy. And I have the privilege of talking about serving. So I love to frame things. So I have a little quote about what serving is. We love, serve, and care for others because that is normal behavior for people filled with God's spirit. We're Christians. Christ was the ultimate servant. We can't help but serve because the spirit of the servant has filled our hearts. When we serve, we are just being who we naturally are. As we serve and we go around serving, it's just who we are. Do you know, leader is mentioned six times in the King James Version, but for a servant, 900 times. I think God's trying to tell us something, isn't he? How important serving is, how important it is for us and how important it is for the others that we touch with our serving. 
We have values in Citygate Church. We don't often speak about them very much, but we have values. They're probably spoken about in the growth track. We have values. I think they're like the foundations. They're the blocks that we build this church on. They're the things that Pastor Julian and Pastor Sharon really want. And when anybody as a visitor comes into the church, they will see the values so strongly. I want to go through some of those values very, very quickly and just show you that the values of the church all are linked to serving. So one of the great ways is connection is a value. We want to connect with people. It's really important that we have connections. If you want to connect in Citygate, one of the best ways is to serve. Just by serving other people is the great, great way to connect. What's the legacy of that? The legacy is, as you're connecting to people, you're beginning to love people, and you're bringing people into the church. I just wanted to ask, and I asked this in the first service, I wonder how many people here are here because of our Connect team, because they, they spoke to them, they served them so well. And one member of the Connect team, that, and everyone chuckled and laughed and did a little clap when I mentioned this, but what about Gary Lewis? Isn't he a great connector? He is amazing. And I know that there are people here. I've heard people say, oh, I'm here. Sometimes they don't know his name, but they just, that chap that spoke to me, that's, and we, we think of today, we're thinking he served them because he connected with them. Vision is a value. Citygate has a vision. We need people to serve that vision, to see it fulfilled. What will our legacy be? The legacy will be seeing a large, dynamic church full of people loving God. What's the legacy? The legacy is that I was one of the 40 that actually were here when this building was open. There was only 40 people. So now, look how many people there are. Just look round. And we it's a summer Sunday in some ways. We've already had people come through the first service. People are already going on a holiday. We have 500 people on our database from 40. That's the legacy. But guys, don't, don't, don't just think, oh, thanks. That's what I'm standing on. This is your legacy, that building, that huge building. So one day somebody is going to stand up and preach, and they're going to preach about the legacy of how we went into that building, a church of 500, and now we can be a church of 2,500, 5,000. I don't know where we're going with that, but we are getting bigger. So don't think... We've stopped the legacy. There is a legacy for the generation. There's a legacy for Beckenham. There's a legacy for Bromley. There's a legacy to see these people born again in our communities, to serve our community. The legacy is there. Another, another value is empowering. And by serving at Citygate, you'll be so empowered. We all have unique talents and gifts. If you don't know what they are, join a small group, your small group leader, and people will just encourage you to push yourself forward, to do things, to get out of your comfort zone sometimes it is. But you are uniquely made by Father God, and you are, only you can do certain things and those talents in you. But we want here to really empower you. And to be empowered is by serving. I'm standing here because a long, long, long time ago, I did children's church. And I had about 
eight <laughs> in children's church, maybe 12 sometimes. And um, I'm standing here because I had to learn how to do children's church. I have to say, two of them were my children who'd never paid any attention to what I said. Um, and the rest of them were their best friends who actually knew me as Auntie Sally and they didn't pay any attention. So it was a really interesting time. So I had to be really on the ball watching what these kids were going to do. And I had to make it really interesting as well. I had to speak. I had to do all this stuff. And at that time, I didn't want to speak in front of people, but I could speak in front of kids. I'm standing here in the legacy of me doing kids' church. What you choose to do today will actually define your future. If you've got this future you want to be, oh, I want to be a businessman, I want to have my own business, I want to do this, I want to, pre I want to preach, I want to do this. What you serve will empower you. I'm here because of yesterday. Another one is um, making God famous is a value. We just want to make God famous, don't we? We want people to know Jesus. We want to know that, them to know that Jesus that we love so much. We're not just serving the church. We're serving the community. And if I do talk too much about serving in the church, please forgive me. It is the community. It is our friends. It is our neighbours. It is our family. We should be serving all these different people. We want to make Jesus so famous. And by doing that, we have to do it in the community. That's where people, we can just love on them. We can serve them. Think how many people are coming have come into church now because of Razzle Dazzle. Those girls are serving in Razzle Dazzle. Those volunteers, they're serving and we're getting people come along. Thought, so, oh, they've served me so well in Razzle Dazzle. I might come along. Some Food Plus people have come into church. Why? Because we've served them so well. Let's do more of that because we want to make Jesus famous. We want people to have the opportunity to know this person who is so important to all of us. Excellence is a value and as we serve, we show the value of excellence. Pastor Julian and Sharon, from the beginning, always wanted excellence. I can remember sometimes, um, I didn't tell this story in the first service because you're much more fun and I can be more open with you, Lord. I can remember once we did this, this meal and I slapped the old um, uh, tablecloths on. I thought it looked good. I just thought it looked good, okay? There's tablecloth on, did it. Oh, Pastor Sharon, no, it's got to be excellent. I had to redo the whole thing. I had to get it just right. I think I had to measure things to make it all right. And from then on, yep, if I'm doing anything for church, because actually, do you know what? If it had been a dinner party at my house, I'd have put that tablecloth on perfect. I would have actually made sure the knives and forks, I'd made sure this and this. There's no difference to my dinner party and the, and the dinner party that we were doing from some people at the Green Man. I learned very early on in this church that excellence is excellence and that we need to do it. If you're going to do something, do it well. And I actually don't do it at all, isn't it? But we want you to do it well. And do you know what happens? The excellence then starts going into your life. It's just not in church, but you will find that excellence as you serve in your community, as you serve your family. You just sort of think, actually, perhaps, perhaps I could put some flowers on the table. Perhaps I could just clean that up. Perhaps I just won't kick it under the rug. Oh, perhaps I'll hoover instead. You get me, girls, don't you? Or shake the laundry and think, oh, I'm sure I don't need to iron that. I think, perhaps I should iron it, my husband's shirts. You know, you just, that excellence just becomes a part of you because it's a value and because you want to serve. Generosity. We at Citygate, 
We are generous with our serving. Oh my goodness, how many of you here serve on so many teams? And actually, some of you are doing outside things as well. I know some of you are serving in that community and making such a difference in your community. You are so, so generous with your time. But what a legacy. What a legacy you're doing. I love the generosity of some people. I'm going to pick on somebody. There's a man here who I've got to know through Growth Track. And he's doing three football teams. Victor, are you doing? Yes. This man is so generous. Out in the community. What legacy is Victor having? What young boys is he pulling off the street? What young boys is he suddenly, that he's seeing that they're seeing a father figure when they haven't had a f- father figure? That man is planting a legacy. Now, I don't know what legacy he's building on, but I see his legacy. And I know from his smile, he knows the legacy that he's building in those boys' lives. So we need to be generous with our serving. And we are. You're all really good. Thank you for serving in the church, all of you on your teams. We need to be, have a passion for God. And that's one of our values. I think sometimes the passion for God we have, obviously, we just want to do the serving. I think I said enough to say that that passion for God and that God inside us just wants to make us serve. But you know what I can say is that passion for God makes us do the jobs that we don't want to do. Because there have been some jobs I don't want to do. I don't want to do that. But that passion from God rises up inside me. And I think, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get this done. I will do this. And my last thing is, because loving people are a value. And I think to myself, have you ever, ever heard of somebody leaving a church because they've been loved and served too much? Have you? I haven't. Um, Have you ever heard of a wife or a husband leaving their marriage because they've been loved and served so much? Or have you heard of a girl or a boy sort of getting rid of a boyfriend, girlfriend, because he just loved and served me too much? Have you ever been sacked from a job because you have just loved and served too much and cared for the people, gone into work early? It doesn't happen, does it? So if we all really took that value of loving people and serving people, oh my goodness, the opportunities we should have. I'd like to take the context of the whole serving and use the word just for a little while about building. And in Nehemiah, and for those of you who don't know Nehemiah, Nehemiah is all about Nehemiah building a wall. The wall's been broken down. It's a really hard job. He's got to get everybody on his side. And there's lots of enemies, and they're just building a wall. And in Nehemiah 3, it goes through the whole of the chapter, which I'm not going to read you, about different names of different people who are actually building this wall. So, for example, using people's names that I can pronounce... Gary's family were making bricks. Ben's family was making cement. Uh, Arnie's family were making all the wood pillars. pillars. All these people were gathering around to build this wall. They're serving the vision. The vision is to build the wall, to build God's wall in, in Israel. And how much can you swap that round to us today? 
How many people are building? We're all building and serving in this church. And you can see the church rising up as these groups of people with their unique talents and their uniquely equipped and unique gifts building this church. I just want to brag on a few people. Tom, I don't think he's here now, but he does the integration, okay? Who here does Connect Team, Growth Track, um, and anything to do with new Christians? Yeah, wave to me, yeah, lots and lots of hands coming up, lots and lots of hands in the first service. People who are building and serving in the integration department. So that is part of the wall. They are helping new Christians get the building that relationship with Jesus. They're helping people to come into this church and say, do you know what? This is my home. Citygate is my home. How do I become part of this home? Oh, I need to join a small group. Oh, I need to join the dream team. That's how our integration does it. The legacy of what Tom is standing on is of a couple many years ago called Calvin and Rani. We didn't have anything. We didn't have, we just had some stewards. And they started a greeting uh, team. And they just greeted people. That's the legacy that Tom is standing on, that 10 years ago, what are you going to build today? What are you going to build in this church? What are you going to build in that community? There's somebody 10 years from now can be standing on and saying, because of these people behind me, look how far we've got. Look how many people we're loving and serving on. Another person, people I want to brag on are Ben and Tim. They are, yeah. They are building our youth and our children's church. How many people are involved in that? How many people are involved in the youth small groups? How many people are there on a Friday? How many children's church helpers have we got? We've got about 40, and I expect, yeah. I can see some people putting two hands up. How many? 72 people in the kids. They're teaching our young people about God. They're teaching our young people about an identity in God. They're teaching our young people to go the long haul with God. They're teaching our young people to say no to temptation, no when their friends try and stop them do, start doing things. They are bringing up talents in our young people. They're saying to them, you can do it. Okay, other people are saying you can't, but we can see it. We can see it in you. They're building our kids and the young people. But actually, they're standing on a legacy that I remember before, before I did kids' church. Pastor Sharon did kids' church. She probably only had five children then. But it was in the green man. And she did kids' church. How far we have built on. And yet again, I will say to you, what are you building on for the future in serving? We all have a part to serve and build. Very often, we will find that some of you might be sitting here and going, I don't want to serve. I love the, what you're saying, Sally, but I don't want to serve. And I think there's three reasons why people don't want to serve, and I want to hit them full on. No, well, number one is you've been abused in the past in a church. 
you've burnt out, you've done too much, they've asked too much of you. Can I apologise for that church for you? Nobody's probably going to apologise to you, but can I apologise and say to you, I'm so sorry that happened. We put things into place in Citygate Church. We give people time scales. We say, you can do it for six months. You can do it for a year. The team leaders are checking on people. We have coaches that come alongside people to coach them on if they're in new roles or they're finding a role difference. We celebrate people when they say, do you know I've done five years? Do you know I've done six months? That's enough. We celebrate when people change serving things. We celebrate it. Can I say, don't let the past make your future. You are missing out if you're not serving. Can you let go of the past and start serving again? Maybe you think you're not good enough. I'm just going to just say very quickly, you are. You are good enough. You are good enough to serve anywhere in this church. Talking to some people from Growth Track last week, they said, do you know what I love about City Gate? You just ask us straight away to serve. I thought I had to jump through hoops. I had to do this. I had to be here this many years. I had to know this and this and this and this. And he said, you just let us serve. That's because we know the benefits of serving. That's because we know that you have talents that are going to build this church. That's because we want to empower you and see that God-given gift in you flourish. So you are good enough. That's not an excuse serve. The number three is where can I serve? And I think sometimes maybe in this church it is hard to sometimes find where you can serve. After growth track, you obviously sign up to things. If you can get to know somebody, if you're in a small group, somebody might say, oh, by the way, I need some more stewards or I need this or I need that. And you can sign up. Well, today, you have no excuse because we have the 10.30 summer Sundays coming on and we actually need your help. And underneath the chairs, and Tom or somebody who's going to speak about it afterwards, we have a uh, form here for you to sign up just to some jobs. You can just do one Sunday, just one Sunday. That's all you need to do and do various things to help in the church. I'm going to tell you, my prayer is that you're going to love it so much that you want to join a team. And it's just a really great way for you to join a team. So, you now know how to. I want to tell you the benefits of serving. The first one is thankfulness. It's a great way to give back. It's a great way to show your thankfulness for what Jesus has done. Jesus died on the cross for us. He is the servant king. How can we not serve? And he says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for others. Mark 10 verse 45. Second one is blessings. Have you never been blessed by someone in the shop? I told the first service, and I'll tell you this, men, you might slightly switch off on this one, but I was just having one of those days. I wanted some new clothes, but uh, I wanted some unforgiving clothes. Do you get what I mean, girls? You know, those unforgiving clothes. And I went into the shop, and I said to the lady, I said, oh, dear. I said, you know, I just want some clothes, and I don't really know, and I don't really feel like shopping for clothes anyway, but I just want some unforgiving clothes. Oh, my goodness, I was in there. She bought me all these clothes out. Every single one was perfect. I couldn't actually buy them all, but I bought as much as I could. <laughs> and she was just amazing. She goes, oh, no, 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 that doesn't fit that. No, no, I'll get this. And she just looked after me so well. I actually went back 
and bought her a bunch of flowers. She just blessed me so much. I was in one of those, you know, those mood skills that you really need clothes, but you can't be bothered. And you're just having one of those, I don't know whether I look very nice in anything sort of moods. You know those mood skills? I was having one of them. And this lady just made me feel so good. I sort of walked out and think, oh, I've got my bag of clothes. I'm going to look so good. She so blessed me. Oh, my goodness, how I want to bless people like that. Don't you want to bless people and make people feel so special? That's what we're called to do. We are called to bless and make the world a better place. Encourage. It's such an encouragement. I love doing growth track. I love it because I've already told you, I love seeing people signing up and say, this is my home now. But I love them signing up to do things. And you know, sometimes when you come as church a bit nervous about, oh, shall I steward, shall I do this? And I've seen people going to stewarding and then they've become a week session leader. Then they're a weekly leader. Then they're swapped over, maybe doing something in youth. And I see these people just growing and growing and being empowered. It is so encouraging. And also serving is encouraging. People, you know, you think, oh, I'm not very good at this. People, I I love the way you did that. We're really encouraging church. We will be encouraging you. If you feel really discouraged, get into serving and you will feel so encouraged. Number four, non-Christians, most important one really, is that we want to serve, and we want to serve our non-Christians' friends. We want to open them up to Jesus. I told the story in the first service about how I had some neighbours, and they had two little kids, and I used to bring them every Sunday to church. And I think we probably did it for about two, three years, and mum and dad only came about three times. But I got the mum and dad to church, and I was trying to serve them. And I think it was my serving, and my husband's serving, that actually made them think, do you know what, I'll come along to this church, because if this woman is getting up really early on a Sunday when I want to lie in, and I'm giving them a lie in by taking their children to church, okay, We'll come to church. But how much can we do for our non-Christian friends and family by serving them? That just actually the barriers go down. And I've helped people in the past. And then suddenly, because you've done something and you've served them and you've loved on them, they might say, mm, so um, what about this church that you go to? And you only had that opportunity because you've loved on them and you've served them. So serving really opens up our our. Us to our non-Christian friends, glorify God as we serve. So I don't you just want to do that. You want people to know this Bible verse says, says it all. By this, all know that you are my disciples if you have a love for one another. If we're seen loving one another, people want to know Jesus. People want to know what's going on. We're glorifying him. If we are sniping, gossiping, back-chatting, people aren't going to want to know us. It's obvious, isn't it? So as we serve, let's just be glorifying God and loving one another. And it honours God. Number six, it honours God. By our serving, we are honouring God. And can I just say to you, Sometimes we honor God in secret, and sometimes it can be you're doing something, you're serving, you're doing something out in the community, or you're doing something in the, in the church, and it's done in secret. And sometimes you can feel like nobody knows. Can I just tell you God knows? And that is the most important thing. He knows every single thing that you do, every single time. Maybe you just 
put some shopping on somebody's doorstep or every time you go and do something, pop maybe something because you've heard somebody can't pay a bill or you, whatever you're doing, you're serving them. God sees your serving. So how do you start? I'm going to double dare you for the next week, maybe to do some random serving. Have a look around. We're busy people. I know we're in, the, in this, the way we are in Beckenham and Bromley. It's very, very busy. But just this week, just open your eyes. Oh, that neighbour. Oh, that neighbour who's had a new baby. Perhaps I'll pop in, see if they want, maybe I could do some ironing. Or maybe I could hold the baby and she could have a crafty 40 winks. Or maybe, you know the man down the road? I know he's actually really hurt his shoulder. Maybe I could just mow the lawn. Maybe I could just do something. Or round about church, you just see something thinking, that team's struggling. I could come in and I can serve. Second thing is just do some plan serving. Victor's serving his community with a football um, club. That is planned. And some of you have got planned things that you do. Plans, you signed up to rotors, you signed up. Do that. Do random and do planned. But you know what? Something, church. Do something. Do something. Somewhere. That is, if I had a battle cry, I would shout it out. Do something and do it now and do it somewhere. I think I've spoken enough about serving and I hopefully you've got it into your heart about how great serving is. But I want to tell you one more thing and I want the best person to tell you about it. He's the servant king. And it's the words and the story of Jesus as he washes the feet of his disciple. That was serving. And as the media put on the media in a minute, they're gonna just, you're just going to hear those words. Just rest back. Hear those words as if for the first time. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you about your serving in the church, in your community, anything that's a, a, a legacy that has stopped being built. Have a look at that legacy, what's going on. And I'm going to wash somebody's feet while those words are being done. But I'm going to wash a different generation. I'm going to wash the younger generation because that's my legacy now. I've stood on a lot of legacy of people who've done things before me. But my job now is to set forth the next legacy. So I'm going to wash the feet of a young person. So as you just watch this and you listen to the words, just let the Holy Spirit really resound through your heart. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet. Jesus answered, 
You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted. You're not going to wash my feet, ever. Jesus said, If I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, If you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now, and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, Do you understand what I've done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Tiffany has taken the bowl because she's going to wash other people's feet. She's going to serve other people. But just as we come to the close, I have my servant towel here. It's wet because I've been serving. I want to ask any of you, are you going to take up that servant towel? Are you going to say yes? Yes, I want to be that servant. I want to have that servant heart of Jesus in me. I want to serve people. I want to love and serve my community. I want to love and serve my family. I want to love and serve my church. I want to see people being raised up because of my serving. I want a legacy that when I'm gone, people will remember what I did, that there'll be people standing on the legacy that I've done the legacy that I've built, the wall that I've built in the church and in the community. I want a legacy of people who are born again because of my serving. I want a legacy of people who are born again because I love them. I want to see my road. I want to see my the people in the schools. I want to see them born again because of my serving. Are you willing, church, to say, yes, I'm willing to go. I'm willing now to run that race. I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone and say, yes, Jesus, I'll serve. I'll be your servant. I'll be your hands in this situation. I'll be your feet in this situation. I'll be your heart in this situation. Because overall, we want to see people born again. And I'm going to ask if you, that really resounds with you, I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet. What you're standing to your feet for is saying, yes, Lord, I want to go. I want to be that servant. I want to have that servant heart. I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to do those things. I want a legacy. And that legacy, I want to be built. I don't want it to be a half-built legacy. I want to build that legacy. And I'm going to pray right now for you all. Yeah, Father, I thank you for everybody that's standing up. I'm already standing up, but I'm standing up because, yes, 
I want to be a servant. I want to have that servant heart of Jesus, as everybody in this church does. Father God, I pray for opportunities this week. Father, say, look around their community, their schools, their friends, their family, this church, opportunities that they can serve. Father God, I pray and thank you for the people who already do that serving. Father, but lift them higher. Lift them to be able to do more. Maybe they can do more and reach more people. Father, we pray and thank you for this series of legacy. Father, we thank you for the people that have gone before us and behind us. And we thank you, Father, that what they've built, we're standing on today. We thank you that we're standing in this church because people have built before us. Our kids are in a children's church because it's been built before us. We've been connected into this church because people went before us. And Father God, we want to be those people now who build for the next generation. So we say yes to it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.